Welcome to the Bloomberg Law Podcast. I'm June Grosso. Every day we bring you insight and analysis into the most important legal news of the day. You can find more episodes of the Bloomberg Law Podcast on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, and on Bloomberg.com slash podcasts. It's the first legal test of President Trump's strategy to stonewall all congressional subpoenas. A Washington judge heard arguments this morning over whether a congressional committee can obtain financial records from Trump's longtime accountants, despite objections from Trump's lawyers who said that deciding the full case would undermine the president's constitutional rights to due process. Joining me is Harold Krent, dean of Chicago Kent College of Law and author of the book Presidential Powers. Harold, last week, Judge Emmett Maida said that he had enough information to skip the preliminary hearing and to decide the case. And he said that the question is fully briefed and the court could discern no benefit from an additional round of legal arguments. Is that an unusual departure for a judge? Not at all. I mean, obviously, the issue has to do with the powers of Congress vis-a-vis the president. Um, There's really no factual issue involved in this case. Um, Parties have briefed that legal issue, so it's ready to rule on, and he had the hearing this morning. And President Trump's lawyer said that they've made clear that this is not about legislation, and the judge seemed taken aback by that. What do you make of the president's attorney's arguments that the House can only do congressional investigations if it involves legislation, not if it involves the president's financial records? The president's team is faced with a very difficult task. It has to try to figure out some kind of argument that limits the power of all of these congressional committees to probe into the president's finances, whether it's the subpoena. And this is very similar to the request for the prior tax returns as well. So what they're trying to do is come up with a theory that only if there's like pending legislation or some other kind of imperative need does the congressional committee have a right to this information. This cuts against history. Congress has wide-ranging interests in terms of bringing to light issues that are facing the public. They have issues in this case about the president and the emoluments clause of the Constitution. So there are lots of reasons for Congress to investigate to shed light on issues that don't pertain to pending legislation. Now, the judge in this case, if he goes ahead and says the subpoena has to be honored, that's going to be appealed and appealed and appealed as as probably up to the Supreme Court. Would he be likely to stay any decision? My guess is the question is whether he would force the subpoena pending the appeal. And and my guess is that he would not enforce the subpoena pending appeal and that the status quo would govern until this goes up the food chain until the Supreme Court itself. There are, as you mentioned, there are many of these subpoena requests pending. This first one is against the accounting company. There's others against Deutsche Bank from a different congressional committee. Um, And then, of course, there's the issue with the prior tax returns. Um, And I think that they all, at some point, may be bound together, may be separate, but they'll find their way to the Supreme Court. Is this just one of the many legal battles where a federal district judge and then an appellate court is going to have to decide the proper balance of powers between the executive and legislative branches? And how do they how do they weigh that? It, it's a difficult question of how to weigh because there really isn't that many demarcations in the Constitution itself as how to balance the public's right to know or Congress's right to know against the president's um, secrecy. But here, 
this is a different issue, for instance, than the question of the subpoena for Donald McGahn, who was counsel to the president, because there's no executive privilege that's being weighed. All of the really that is being stated by the president's counsel is that this is intrusive, it's irrelevant, but no one is saying that these are sensitive papers from the perspective of the separation of powers. And I think that's a critical difference. I think the president has a pretty good argument that Donald McGahn should not testify about much because he served as the counsel to the president and executive privilege presumptively attaches at least much of their conversations. But this is different. No one is claiming that these financial records have anything to do with the exercise of the presidency. And I think ultimately Congress will win. Let me follow up on Don McGahn while, while we're at that point. What about the fact that Don McGahn has testified to Robert Mueller and that much of what he said has been published for every American to read? Yeah, I mean, I think the, the issue, I guess, that you put it legally is whether the executive privilege can be waived because it wasn't asserted um, before the Mueller investigation. I think that is a plausible reading but it really would put it in a president in a bind. Here, the president had told McGahn, go ahead and cooperate with the special counsel. And I don't think he should be penalized um, for doing that. I think that was a perhaps a surprising show of cooperation with the independent counsel, and it should be commended. But to suggest that that waived it for all purposes and all times – I, I don't think should be the rule. And indeed, in another analogy, we have a longstanding rule that classified information, even if it's been declassified once, can be reclassified. Um, that happens often. And I think that the same thing should be hold here. Now let's return to today's issue, the subpoena at hand. Many legal experts have said, in fact, everyone I've spoken to said this is going to be a stalling tactic, and it might take past the 2020 presidential election to actually get a ruling on whether or not these subpoenas have to be obeyed. Do you agree or can this move quickly as this judge seems to be showing? You're absolutely right. This judge um, knew what's at stake, uh, saw the stalling tactics, and said he wanted nothing of it. He didn't rule today, but I think he, f he finished the hearing, and he should be ruling relatively soon. Uh, again, because there's only legal issues involved, I think this will go directly to the Court of Appeals, and um, I think that they can put it on a quick docket as well. I think there's a good chance that this will get heard in the Supreme Court um, uh, next term, and we would ha then have a decision before the election. Um, obviously, that would be up to the Supreme Court, who could slow it down as well. Uh, but I don't think delay is – I think delay is on the president's side, but I think delay may be foiled here by a quick work of judges. It's a fascinating issue, and, well, you've written the book on it, so you know how fascinating it is. Thank you so much, Harold. That's Harold Krant. He's dean of the Chicago Kent College of Law, and his book is Presidential Powers. And just a note here that this particular judge in August of 2018 denied a request from House Democrats to get Trump hotel records from the General Service Administration, ruling that the Democrats, who at the time were a minority party in the House, did not have standing to do so. Thanks for listening to the Bloomberg Law Podcast. You can subscribe and listen to the show on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, and on Bloomberg.com slash podcasts. I'm June Grosso. This is Bloomberg. Bloomberg.